welcome back to episode Sans with Sans Enough of Lay VOTP, the voice of the people, the podcast about sense, no sense, and nonsense. Here, I have a silent co-host tonight. However, being silent, I only have the stuff, and you can too. If, and only if, you have an open mind and the ability to listen. So, let's just cut right into it and get to the playlist of the day. Let's get going. Starting off with Blink 69 by Akira the Don, then Miss the Boat by Modest Mouse, Anything She Does by Genesis, Have to Throw Some Fill in There, The Rest of Us by Simple Plan, Feel Like a Number by Bob Seeger, Troublemaker Weezer, Million Voices Otto Knows. If you haven't heard that song, go, go listen to it. That one's a fun one, even though they don't really say anything. It's kind of the same chant over and over and over, just with different background music, but it's still pretty good. Key by Virtual Self, that's Porter Robinson's other project. Go check that one out. I'm With You by Group Love. Hey Now Sunshine by Phil Collins, another Phil Collins. Hmm. 94 Nicks by Akira the Don, and... Hmm, I can't see the other name, which is kind of... Oh, and Gary V. I should have known that, should have known that. Then Ride by 21 Pilots, I Believe in You by Michael Buble. That's kind of weird to throw in there when you're working out. Uh, Celeste by Ezra Vine, Where Your Father's Been by Colony House, and then Heading Heading Home with LCD Sound System. Are you leaving? Oh, okay. Co-host is staying, making me nervous, making me nervous. So that is the workout of the day, and it went over an hour, so doing pretty good. I think I'm going to try to make an hour every single day. We'll see how well that happens. Some days you feel good, some days you just can't make it. So, first topic. I did watch a Disney movie, but I'm going to leave that to the third one. I could want I could go into Child's Play 2, which I will do. But the first thing I want to get into is the topic of microaggressions. And I'm not going to talk much about this. I just think that they're ridiculous. I think they're as silly as safe spaces. I think they go hand in hand and they're creating terrible interactions they're setting up people so that they can't face people that are different different ideas anything that goes against their own belief system anything like that so i think it's a terrible thing i think if you run across somebody that differs from you that kind of what's the word You're making me nervous, co-host. I'm watching my words. She speaks. She says, you could say what you want, but I'm still watching my words. Watching my words. I just think that if you run into somebody that is so-called what you think treating you badly, you could either discuss with them, bring it up right away, and have a conversation about what they're doing or 
you know, how to fix that problem or if there is a solution or you could just walk the other way, ignore them, which that's completely doable. People do that all the time. I just think, I, I think what's amazing is that the people that are talking about microaggressions, they even say you don't even know when you're doing it. You could be doing it in every damn conversation that you're in. That's the point of having a conversation and tossing ideas from one another to another. Or one another to another. Or back and forth. Back and forth. Because everything that you say is a question mark whether or not the person on the other end is going to appreciate it or not. You are not in their head. So you don't know everything about them and what they're going to like and what they're not going to like. So I just think that these things are stupid. I don't know. Should I say the examples? I I just think that these are so... I think that these are creating more division than anything else. You know, they're pinpointing all these spots that seem to go towards any minority group. And I think what I was saying in a conversation before off air is that anybody could be a minority if you break things down smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. However, you don't know who is going to be making these groups and who is going to benefit from these microaggressions. There could be a bunch of people out there that are just going to take advantage of that now. So, I I just think that these are creating people that don't know how to interact with people and think that they could get an upper hand by saying someone has pissed me off or said something I don't like. And how about... I don't like the phrase, I've always said it, I don't like the phrase grow up, but I think you have to learn how to deal with people that differ from you. And I don't think by calling out microaggressions is going to do anything, and I don't think by going into your safe spaces is going to do anything. In fact, I think it's going to create the opposite, because all you're doing is securing yourself with people around you that are just like you what are you going to do once you leave that safe space obviously everybody outside that safe space is basically an enemy to you so (sighs) what was that line that I said oh I'm, I'm basically so The lines that I do are pretty much straightforward, common sense kind of things, but I'm going to knock out the bad word in this phrase, but no one goes through life without meeting a jerk. You need to be prepared for these types of situations. And I'm not telling you to go beat somebody up. I'm telling you, you should be able to conversate with people that differ from you, or you could ignore them. That's all I'm saying. But you shouldn't be hiding and you shouldn't just be creating a more hectic altercation with them. Especially if they have no idea that they're doing something wrong. (sighs) And with that, I think I do want to see 
the what's the what's the what's the content that I wanted to see? Oh, I do want to see No Safe Spaces, the movie that um, I think Adam Carolla's in. I think everybody should see this movie. I think everybody should. Yeah, but I've heard about it. My co-host said, you haven't even seen it yet, so how could you say anything about it? But I've heard about it. And there's certain things, definitely, that go against the grain of the media today that people have to see. And I think that that would be a good thing. And I was never a huge fan of Adam Carolla before, but lately, I would say he's been on a roll. He has a good head on his shoulders. And if you could go hear about his like life and how he basically built his I'm gonna call it an empire because like he's basically I think the beginner like the the startup of podcasts I think from what I'm hearing and to go from where he started to where he is now I don't know gotta respect the guy and I like his I like his mindset and I'm gonna go check out no safe spaces no safe spaces Ugh. See, I can't even talk because these silly topics are so annoying to me. So let's jump off that topic and let's talk about Child's Play 2. So I talked about Child's Play 1 yesterday and I think that that's the best film out of the series. Mainly because it is the first movie. It's the original idea. The second one... I think it still holds up because you still have the main protagonist, a kid. He's still young, so it it still plays well with the doll. However, it's it's kind of the same thing over and over. I'm not gonna say over again because you know it is only the second time, but it is kind of weird because the first one was. A totally new story and now you're just getting a rehash of the first one just with a different family you know the adoptees to to the to the boy Andy I will say the cover I think the poster to this as a kid scared the crap out of me because I had a terrible dream it's with Chucky and he has these big ass scissors about to chop a jack-in-the-box head off and I already told you I do not like Chucky I think his design is it's incredible for a scary movie but it's terrifying for any little kid it's terrifying and I remember I was sleeping at my Nana's house and this must be when the movie was kind of released or about that time I was sleeping at my Nana's house And I had a dream where I was in my Nana's house. It was basically in the spot I was sleeping. And I heard something coming down the stairs. And it was damn Chucky walking down with those big scissors. And lucky me though, like, Mickey Mouse came down and saved me. So, I guess my love for Disney saved me, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. But that just shows you that this movie, like, really... Even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, and it took me a number of years after that to watch the entire series, it's 
you don't need to see the movies. You just have to see the figure of Chucky to be scared of it. You don't even have to watch the movies. It's that, it's that terrifying. So I give it to that. What? What? I can't say. There's a cat here. My co-host is saying that there's a cat here. So. I don't give out specifics. I can't say. Well, actually, I say what my cat's names are. Can I say? Not even the name I say? Okay, I call this cat J-Dog. J-D-A-W-G. You know, like, who was the guy from from American Idol that said that? Ooh, Randy Jackson. He's like, yo, dog. But now it's, yo, J-Dog. So, he's laying here. Also being silent. Um, so going back to Child's Play 2, good, but not as good as the first one. I think it has really terrible pacing issues because when he starts wrecking havoc on the people in the movie, it just seems really sloppy. It, it's kind of good because you don't know when things are going to happen, but when they do, you're just like, damn, that was out of nowhere. It's, it, it seems very clunky in ways. The one solid thing, though, is that the way Chucky infiltrates the house. So there's a good... What are they called? Good guy dolls? So there's a good guy doll already in the house. But he's not obviously alive like Chucky. So he basically buries the good guy doll and takes its place. And I thought that that was pretty clever so that no one suspected him. And besides that, I don't know. There's not that much, there's not that much to this one, actually. It, it's, it's still really good with the animatronics, but besides that, I, I have to say, like, it, it, it's, it's not one that I would aim to go see again, especially with the first one out there. I will mention that there is a sub-character, Kyle, and I only mention her because she finds herself later on in the series, along with Andy, but you have to wait for after certain credits in a certain movie later in the series, so I don't know how many people actually remember her, but she is reoccurring. So, I would say, out of the first two movies, go with the first one, and leave the second one in your, uh, I don't know, what do you, what do you put DVDs in? Cabinet? Shelf? DVD rack? Yeah, leave it in your DVD rack. It's good for every now and then. If you want to watch the series, I would watch it, but, mm, the first one is better. Go with the first one, go with the first one. And um, let's move on to Atlantis, The Lost Empire by Disney. This is another odd one. It's kind of interesting how this one goes after The Emperor's New Groove because the style of it is really bizarre and angular. It, my co-host said that it didn't really remind her of a Disney movie. I kind of agree, but I could kind of see it in a few, 
it reminds me of Treasure Planet that comes up, I think, within the next week or so. It's, it definitely has like an anime kind of look to it, an anime, an anime vibe. The problem with this movie is there's a ton of characters and I don't think each character gets the right type of development. It's, instead of being creative about learning about each character, it's basically them just telling us with one or two lines about who they are, what they're doing, how they came to be there, and once they check off that list, only a couple of them get like a couple jokes in there, and that's about it. And it is kind of weird, they go from being good to bad to within maybe five minutes to being good again. It, it's very weird. I, I don't really understand that. I almost feel like cer- certain things got cut from the movie, which is understandable because it does feel like a longer movie, even though I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure that it's about the normal range. I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes, somewhere around there, but it feels long. It feels long because it doesn't feel like a like a normal Disney movie. There is no music to this. Or I should say any songs. Except for, oh, if you want to hear the song of the movie, you got to listen to it during the credits, which is from Maya for some reason. I don't know who was the genius there. They're talking about a Disney movie about Atlantis. A fun adventure film, and they get Maya to sing some R&B crap. What was it? Where my, where, follow your dreams, where my heart is, follow your dreams. Just wait for the very end of the credits. She ends it off really well. Really cheesy. Really cheesy. Uh, the good things about it is that it has some remarkable artwork. The environments and... I believe they also used, they had to have used a ton of 3D software or uh, 3D models for all the ships. They have all these underwater ships, they have all these cars, they have all these vehicles, and that stuff is cool. However, they weren't really focusing on that. Like, if you're going to focus on that, focus on that. But instead, they were trying to do half and half, half that stuff half the characters. I would rather have them picked one or the other. Mm, what else is cool? The Atlanteans are pretty awesome. Their vehicles are cool. However, you only get so much time with them. There's not that much time. You get to that third act and it goes by super... That's the one part that goes super fast. And that's the most interesting part. So it kind of seems disappointing when you get to the end. You're like, ah, like I want to see more about this culture and more about this place that no one believes in. And we never get it. We never get it. So, um, and before signing off, the bad guys were pretty much standard bad guys. I mean, it's so cheap to be like, oh yeah, they're doing it for money. Like, A little imagination here? Like, come on. That's so lame. Really lame. 
if you can go see it if you haven't seen it um it's good for like a view maybe two but i don't i don't see anything too special here like i'm never gonna pick it over my top five disney movies and we'll just leave it at that and this has been episode six with enough of la vo tp